the biblical call to give an answer for those who inquire about the faith. We are always prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within us. This is your life. This is who you are. This changes the way you understand yourself as a human being and every other human being. It changes what you mean by justification and adoption and sanctification and glorification. And it changes what you mean by why we do what we do in gospel ministry and in righteous living. Everything is changed when we understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Jablani Mayberg. And I'm Isaac Pinto. We are associate pastors at Central Baptist Church. And welcome to our Theology Alive podcast, where we look to engage theology in the church carried out in the culture using a Christian worldview. Well, welcome once again to another episode of our Theology Alive podcast. We are excited uh, to bring yet again another installment of our um, sessions on our statement of faith. Mm, this is uh, particularly relevant for our people here at Central mm. uh, because our AGM is coming up yes. and the statement of faith are, is going to... Uh, come up and so i hope this will be beneficial uh, yeah. to you yeah. yeah um so if you listened to our episode last time we hope that it was an encouragement to you uh we looked a bit on the inerrancy and the sufficiency of scripture um and maybe isaac could give us just a, a quick recap on just some of the mountaintops uh, that we covered in our last episode yeah so um we spoke about uh, inerrancy and i just wanted to read from uh, the chicago statement on biblical inerrancy and i think it uh, articulates it very well on article uh, 11 and 12 we affirm that scripture having been given by divine inspiration is infallible so that far from misleading us it is true and reliable in all matters it addresses. And also, we affirm that Scripture in its entirety is inerrant, being free from all falsehood, fraud, or deceit. Mm. Yeah. And if you're wondering why, why are we talking about a statement of faith? I think Isaac uh, touched on it. Our church has, um, is looking to adopt the um, 2017 statement of faith, moving from the 1924. Mm. Um, but also we spoke a little bit with Lance Lawton a few episodes ago. So we'd mm -hmm. encourage you to go listen to yeah. that um, as, as Lance unpacked why we, why do we need to have a statement mm. of faith? And, and you as a believer looking for a local church to attend, uh, what should you be looking for um, in that local church before you attend? Uh, but to just give you just a, an overview of point one of the statement of faith, faith which we refers to scripture, um, here are the differences. Um, the 1924 statement of faith only states this. We believe in the scripture of the Old and New Testament in their original writing as fully inspired of God and accept them as the supreme and final authority for faith and life. Now again, 
We hold to all of this. Yeah. We believe it is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. No. Uh, but over time, what we've noticed is words have evolved. People have changed as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Where people are now starting to, mm-hmm. to, to sneak things in like inerrancy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, the authority and sufficiency of scripture, uh, yeah. which you'll notice that the 1924 does not specifically mm-hmm. mention. Yeah. And also, um, I think there is a... Um, a need for clarification sometimes also even because of the context we live in you know mm. before when we used to say marriage everyone knows is between one man and one woman yep. not so much today in, in society so um, it is we are simply clarifying uh, also even in in defense of of some maybe ideas that mm. are, are not truthful and we want sure. to be abundantly clear on where we stand right right um now to read the 2017 um it it is fuller um but with all statements of faith you could probably come back and say there's more we could add Mm, mm. um but but we we find this as it's good it's 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 rich in its explanation so let me just read it for us it says we believe one that the Holy Scriptures consist of 66 books of the Old and the New Testament in their original writing. Two, that the Spirit of God so influenced the authors that these writings are the Word of God. Three, that because of the divine origin and inspiration of its words, the Scriptures are true in, in all that they affirm and are trustworthy and without error. Four, that these scriptures are the complete and only written revelation of God to people. Five, that every translation that is faithful to the originals and responsible, responsibly interpreted clearly reveals those truths necessary for our salvation, godly living and maturity in Christ, and that scripture alone is our sufficient and final authority in all matters of belief and practice. Mm, amen. So this is, uh, yeah, that's the 2017 on the on the section on, on of scripture, and, and you can see, and that's what we're working throughout. We spoke a little bit uh, about um, uh, inerrancy the last last time, and and so where where are we going, Jabu, today? Uh, so today we're going to start off with number five that says. That every translation that is faithful to the originals and responsibly interpreted clearly reveals those truths necessary for our salvation, godly living, and maturity in Christ. Now, an an age-old question that teenagers have asked, that I'm sure even older believers have asked, is why do we have so many translations? Mm. Now, before we answer that, uh, let let me just give you some stats here. Uh, these stats are provided to us by the United Bible, United Bible Societies. They reported that the Bible in whole or part has been translated in more than 3,324 languages, including an, incre- an increasing number of sign languages, including complete Old or New Testaments in 2,189 languages, mm. and the complete text of the Bible in 674 languages this was by the end of december 2017 wow that's amazing that's a lot of translations and it is it's the 
book by far that's been translated in most languages. Yes. And um and praise God for that. Mm-hmm. I think one one of the things that maybe I like to to point out in terms of um how we got the scriptures today um there was never uh, an orchestrated manipulative um of people controlling re- regarding the promulgation of 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 scripture in order to the uh, publicizing mm-hmm. so yeah, in in the new testament paul write a letter mm-hmm. And then the guys at Corinth will, will will receive the letter, and then someone will copy and give it to another church in Ephesus, and 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 so and so. We have more than two thousand copies of early manuscripts throughout, and it's just because it's always been get the Bible out there. Let let the scriptures, uh, you know, uh, they, it was different with the Quran where. Um, there was a uh, uh, a king who kind of ordered, okay, burn all the other copies. We're only sticking to one, and, yes, and all yes, that. Yes. Um, and so, when with translations, maybe just a little bit of of history. There has been translations even throughout um, history. We see uh, already from uh, 385 AD. Uh, uh, Latin uh, Jerome's Latin translation, mm-hmm. and then we have a uh, Anglo-Saxon uh, around the year seven hundred to a thousand. Uh, then we have Wycliffe in thirteen eighty-two, uh, William Tyndale fifteen twenty-five to fifteen thirty-five. Um, then we had uh, the Geneva Bible in the fifteen sixties, and then we got get to the 1600s where the beloved King James mm. <laughs> version appears, and then later on, 1885, English Revised Version, um, and then there was 1901, American Standard Version. Then something significant happened w- in 1947, where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, um, and so after that, you get the New American Standard Version uh, and some of the modern translations that uh, you get. So there has been a a long history of translations, yeah. but uh, at least uh, even not not just in the English speaking world, but uh, you know we we know Martin Luther translated to German, mm-hmm. um, and so but it was always. Um, there was an effort to get the word of God to the people of God so mm. that they can read the word of God. Yeah. It's it's really cool that you mentioned Martin Luther because I was thinking about him as well. Um, and just what is happening within the RCC, which is the Roman Catholic Church, where um, the, the Bible was in Latin. And um, only the clergymen had access to the scriptures. Mm, yeah. uh, so, so therefore, we had this problem where uh, they would dictate to the people uh, what the Bible says. And, of course, uh, they would add a bit of spice and aromat. Um, and <laughs> and, and, and we, we, we now get this issue where Martin Luther reads the scriptures for himself mm. and he fails to see mm. how the pain of penance uh, mm. is is 
equates to salvation mm. as as he reads uh, through the book of Romans and he's mm. challenged that it's hard to see that man mm. uh, a wretched man am I mm. and I'm in need of a savior not in need to do works but I need Jesus whose work was sufficient to cover mm. all of my sins mm. and and from Martin Luther's enlightenment, we, we then see him pushing this idea of the need for, mm. for personal interpretation where, yeah. where the Bible needs to be in the hands of, of mm. the people. Yeah. That they would see that a salvation yeah. is, is by grace alone, no, it's by faith alone, no, by grace alone, faith alone, um, in Christ alone. Um, and that's really what he was emphasizing mm. as, as he went and nailed his theses, um, mm. on, on, on the church doors, which would then be translated in, in German and many other languages mm. as they mm. too would see, hey, um, mm. this is true. The yeah. salvation is in Christ alone and not mm. by works. And, and I think it's, it's amazing that we have, even in terms of early manuscripts, mm. um, so many because you can, you can see, okay, um, you know, uh, you can see maybe a scribe uh, just late at night, he was copying, at, there is no electricity, there's a candle and mm. he's tired and maybe he repeated a word and, and like yeah. you can see on other manuscripts, oh, okay, here's, he, he just kept a line or, or something yeah. like that. And so there is abundancy. And even for us to see, okay, what was the, okay, the, the Greek word, okay, this is, this is what it meant. Mm -hmm. And, and we, we can trust, you know, the, um, the, the translations, mm. uh, but there is a, it's the work of translators is, is very important. And, mm. um, let me just say, for example, on, on one case, the King James, um, they translated, uh, the word baptism. Now the original word baptizo, mm -hmm. uh, simply means soak, or immerse. deep or emerge. Mm. Now, here's interesting. At that time, there was no the baptism wasn't taking place like that, <laughs> and so they transliterated the word, ah. created a, a word for baptism, <laughs> which simply means soak or deep, um, uh, because they were not practicing it. Yeah. Uh, but this is a point just to make, to, to say that, um, you know, we also have access to the, the original uh, writings and you can mm -hmm. see, okay, why some translators went with, with this word and other translations may have gone with with a, a, a slightly different word right and i mean we we, we also have um for example uh some some bibles have matthew with uh, one t and some of them have matthew with the two t's um we have that passage in mark uh where um uh, some I think it's the niv um, completely leaves it out um, and then in the KJV they have it in so it's mm. it's just a matter of 
uh, which manuscripts did the translators choose mm. to use um, when when it comes to uh, bringing the translation to us? And now to help us see the differences, we're just gonna sh- I'm just gonna show you the four differences between uh, four of I guess the most popular translations we have today. Uh, that would be the KJV, the NKJV, uh, the NASB. Um, in the English Standard Version. So uh, that is the New King James, the King James, the New American Standard Version, and the ESV. Uh, so quickly here, we see um, that the NIV was completed in 1978. The translators did not attempt to translate strictly word for word, but aimed more for equivalent ideas. As a result, the NIV doesn't follow the exact wording of the original Greek and Hebrew text as closely as the King James Version or the New American Standard Versions do. Nevertheless, it can be considered a faithful translation to the original text and its lucid readability makes it quite popular, especially for devotional reading. Um, And then we have the KJV. The KJV is the oldest of the four and continues to be the favorite of many. As you've probably heard, there are those who are KJV only. Mm. Um, in <laughs> fact, uh, we, we're going to put it in our course notes, but um, for a helpful resource on the the controversy of uh, KJV only, is that what it is? Mm. Um, you can go read an, uh, an article, or I think it's a podcast, uh, by James White called The King James Only Controversy. Mm. Um, really good, uh, yeah. good listening. Or yeah, good it's reading. also a book. It's a book. It is, mm, a book. it is a book. Yes, yeah. it is a book. It's 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 a good read. Uh, encourage you to go read that. Anyway, uh, so it is known as the authorized version, the KJV of the 1611, because the King James, because King James the first approved the project to create an authoritative English Bible. Although it contains many obsolete words, the thou didst, uh, <laughs> some of which have changed in meaning. Many people appreciate its dignity and majesty. Mm. Uh, The New King James is a similar translation, New King James, taken from the same group of ancient manuscripts that simply updates the archaic language of the KJV. The NASB, New American Standard Version, completed in 1971 and updated in 1995, is a a revision of the American Standard Version of 1901. It is a literal translation from Hebrew to Greek languages that incorporates the scholarship of several centuries of textual criticism conducted since the original KJV. It quickly became a favorite translation for serious Bible study. Mm -hmm. The last one we have is the ESV, which we use here at Central. The ESV is the most recent translation, which stands firmly in the formal equivalency uh, tradition. It is a very solid translation in updated language that aims to reproduce the beauty of the KJV. The result is one of the most poetic and beautifully structured versions that maintains a high degree of accuracy and faithfulness to Mm. the original languages. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that that's a great uh, way to just give uh, give our listeners a bit of uh, an idea uh, on, on those translations, and maybe just to say there is a kind of a scope even in in the translations uh, where um, uh, there is the completely literal meaning word for word yeah. to um, 
the meaning of what the author is is saying mm. because we we know that sometimes if you translate word for word i've done this with africans on google <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does it, it doesn't it doesn't uh you know it doesn't make sense you know so so in, in the same way sometimes uh it, it, some translations are not doing word for word because otherwise it wouldn't make sense but the meaning of what the author is is saying so there is a, a spectrum uh, the nasb is a more kind of word word for a little bit more literal mm-hmm. uh, uh, other than others like the NIV. Uh, so there's kind of a spectrum where um, the, the different translations will find themselves in. True. But then we have translations like the good news, the passion, the mm-hmm. amplified, um, mm-hmm. or the message Bible, uh, mm-hmm. which are considered translations. Mm-hmm. Um, but should we consider them translations in what we are chatting about this morning? Uh, some of them maybe uh, like the passion no uh, <laughs> i wouldn't consider the passion translation a translation i i, I think it's is more of a, a a paraphrase you know and it is um i think it, it you know it it can be very nice and poetic mm. but it's not as faithful to to the text because um so um yeah we will just um caution our listeners to uh to to that you know it it doesn't mean that you know sometimes you you may get a okay maybe a a bit more of a oh okay this is what it means you know mm. uh, with the amplifier like oh okay maybe but it's important that you use a translation that is faithful mm. to the original uh writing because there can be an influence in the interpretation of the text from those that you know uh maybe amplified it and um yeah. or or paraphrased it sure yeah. so, so so some of them tend to dip into commentaries mm. um because they've moved away from simply translating to also slipping in meaning mm. in what they're translating um and and <laughs> they sort of lead you to one yeah. one end zone where mm. uh, sometimes when you read the text um in in a in mm. a more literal bible you're like oh, but I wouldn't have landed there yeah, how yeah, did yeah, they yeah. get there sure um so so sometimes it's it's good for your devotions mm-hmm. but um i would just encourage use just use a bible that is uh easy to read mm. um but as well that is closer to um the the original um here's mm. a helpful technique mm. um a good technique to have is to uh, look for look for scriptures um that that talk about the deity of christ so for example go to John 1:1 go to John 1:14 go to John 8:58 mm. go to John 10:30 and Titus 2:13 to make sure that the the Bible translation is true to the word of God. So, so see what does the translation say about who Christ is. Mm. Um because we do know um that that there is another sect um, that that have changed John one one to say in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was a, a God. Mm. Um, it's important to note those things as well. Um, mm. So 
We will say that it's hard to say that there's one best translation mm. um, because uh, it depends what you're looking for. Mm. But um, I would personally recommend uh, the ESV um, because it strikes that rare balance between honoring the uh, original language and it's also readable and understandable. Mm. Um, a close second for me would be the NKJV um, uh, just because it, mm. it hits closer to that word-for-word translation mm. um, and, and still uh, communicates the, the gravity of, of the subject. Mm. Um, those to me would be the top two that I would recommend. And then probably number three, um, I would probably recommend it's a tie between the NASB <laughs> and the NIV. Uh, probably NIV is winning a little bit. <laughs> the NASB is fighting. Um, but my two would be ESV, mm. And KJV, mm. and then a fight between uh, <laughs> NIV, then mm. uh, NASB. Yeah. Is that different for you? I, I I like that list. Yeah, I like it. So there is also one that I uh, I use not not always, but it's called the NET, the NET mm. uh, Bible, and it is is also really good. Uh, it also has a lot of footnotes from the translators, uh, so that help, and and they will tell you. This is the reason we we went with that word, and you know, mm. so um, that will be also uh, uh, just to be considered there. But yeah, I, I like your list. We'll stick to that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So so moving mm. on there. Um, all right. So we have the Bible. Mm. The Bible is authoritative. It is inerrant. It is sufficient. We have many translations. Um, now that we have all of this. What's our responsibility to be good students? Interpretation. Interpret it properly. Yes. So let me just uh, quote again the Chicago, um, and and I think this is where we would land as well. Uh, We affirm that the text of Scripture is to be interpreted by grammatical historical exegesis, taking account of its literary forms and devices, and that Scripture's and that scripture is to interpret scripture, mm. uh, and so there is there is a, a meaning behind what what the text is saying that was intended by the author, you know, um, and also I, you have to take into a, a account what literary form it is, you know, what mm. genre it is when we th- when we think about being washed by the blood. Mm. <laughs> We're not talking about like a yes. literal bloodbath, blood <laughs> <laughs> um, and and yet when the Bible, um, the scriptures say to pray for one another, mm. uh, which is dogmatic, yeah. uh, and so yeah, that's saying to us literally, yeah, you know, need to pray. So yeah. taking into account uh, some of those literary forms uh it's it's important and it's also important to note that uh we just celebrated ascension day and what we know um in ascension day is that uh, christ uh, said that he must ascend and go into heaven 
Um, and it will be beneficial for us because when he goes, he will send the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, um, who will um, convict us of righteousness, convict us of sin, and also guide us to truth. Um, so it's important to know that even when it comes to interpretation, God has given us his Spirit to help us understand God's Word. There was a point in time when we all read Scripture and it was foolishness to us. But it's only because of the Spirit of God that God's Word moves from that which is foolish to us and now it becomes the wisdom of God um, as He illuminates or lightens up our hearts and our minds to His truths. Mm. Um, so two principles to help us here. God um, is is so God does not reveal Himself in a contradictory way. Mm. Um, so so the the author has given us the text and he had an intended meaning. Sure. Our responsibility as good in good interpreters or good students of the Bible is to find what that meaning is. Um, pray that God leads you to the truth. Mm. Um, sometimes we forget that we are sinful uh, <laughs> and, and, and we think that we always write all the time, uh, but we will be surprised when we, when we yeah. get to heaven that on some things yeah. we thought we were right yeah. on, actually yeah. we might have been wrong. Yeah. It, it's important to realize that the scriptures are um they are inerrant yeah. our interpretation is not <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> yes 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 yeah. uh, the second principle is uh, we must always interpret the unclear portions of scripture with the clear ones mm. um as i think it was said in the chicago mm. statement uh, so maybe isaac if uh, as we're about to close if you would turn to second timothy 3:16 um, and i'll just give us six summary statements from rc sproul uh, when it comes to interpretation. Uh, number right. one, the Bible is its own interpreter. Number two, we must interpret the Bible literally as it is written. Number three, the Bible is not to be interpreted like any other, sorry, the Bible is to be interpreted like any other book. Number four, obscure parts of the Bible are to be interpreted by the clearer parts. Number five, the implicit is to be interpreted in light of the explicit. And number six, the rules of logic govern what can reasonably be drawn or deduced from Scripture. Hmm. The last thing we want to consider is the final part of that statement um, that says, um, clearly reveals those truths necessary for our salvation, godly living, and maturity in Christ. Mm -hmm. So, Second Timothy 3.16 all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So the, the scriptures are sufficient for our living. Uh, we, we don't need uh, anything um, uh, Elsa's guide, the scriptures are sufficient uh, for our living. Right. Immediately I think about Second Timothy. His divine power has given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. Mm. Um, and if you want to know how his divine power has played out in our lives, just go to the scriptures. God mm. has revealed everything that we need to know about life mm. and about godliness. Mm. Uh, so to wrap us up, number six says, that scripture alone is sufficient and final authority mm. in all matters of belief mm. and practice. Mm. If you want to know the important things of the faith, go to the Bible. Yeah. If you want to know how you to how you are to live out your faith, 
go to the Bible. Amen. The disciples said this, Where else shall we go, Lord? For you have the words of eternal life. Amen. May Amen. this be true of you as you turn to the scriptures as your foundation. Just remember that parable. A house built on sand, mm. when the winds blow, mm. it will tumble. But the house mm. built on the solid rock of God's word, mm. when trials and temptations and mm. error and uh, all forms of, of mm. uh, uh, contradictory truths come blowing mm. at you, mm. your house will remain standing mm. on the solid rock of God's word. Amen. Yeah. And the scriptures, the words of God will stand forever. Um, I, I, I pray that we will stand upon God's word uh, because this world will keep changing. Yep. Morality will keep changing. Uh, and what was frowned upon before today is embraced. You know, but the scriptures remain the same true. and uh, remain true. Amen. So whenever you faced and you feel confused about maybe a philosophy that the world is bringing your way, Mm. Do not test that philosophy with another philosophy. <laughs> Go to the scriptures Amen. and see what God has to say about it. And if it is contradictory to the scriptures, no matter how hard it is to stand against the world, we encourage you today, stand. Go against the status quo and be a believer whose worldview is shaped and governed by God's word Amen. and not changed by the ideologies of this world. Amen. Trust that this episode is a blessing to you. God bless. God bless. We live in a day where we think that in order to be relevant to our culture, we must be like our culture. We live in a day where we think in order for the gospel to be relevant, we must somehow adapt it to the culture and nothing on the face of the earth or in the bowels of hell could be further from the truth. We are relevant not because we are like our culture, we are relevant because we are absolutely different. And our gospel has power not because it is acceptable to carnal men, our gospel has power because it is a scandal to men. Thank you for joining the Theology Alive podcast. Please subscribe and share. Later. Later. You're going to have one now? Like why? I was just really craving muffins.